0: and welcome back to Real Window re-watching random movies from our childhood. I am Pauline and I'm Lisa and this is a random movie from our childhood. <laughs> let me tell you. I think
1: this may be one of the most random movies we've picked in a while. It is yeah. a family
0: favorite. It is so so obscure but our whole family quotes this movie everyone from the top to the bottom everyone knows this movie Mm -hmm. um daily conversation lisa why don't you let everyone know what movie we watched and then if you can summarize this movie it is you know what I like a challenge right okay that's what I'm thinking do it in my closet
1: okay so uh the movie that Pauline chose was released in 1994 called Clifford starring Martin Short uh Charles Grodin and Mary Steenburgen and it's Martin Short plays, uh, what is it, ten year old boy? Ten, yeah, he's a forty year old man playing, playing a ten year old boy. boy. Uh so stick with us there. So a ten year old boy who is a super genius and who wants nothing more in the world than to go to this fictitious amusement park known as Dinosaur World. And he's obsessed with dinosaurs. He carries around a little dinosaur named Stefan. And if he doesn't get his way, he will utilize his genius to rip a person's life apart in order to get it. <laughs> you see that in the opening with how he forces the plane to land that his parents are on because they're flying to Hawaii instead of stopping in Los Angeles to go to Dinosaur World as planned. And his parents uh, need to get back on the plane. And he's been bent obviously, for a reason so they call up his dad's brother uncle martin played by charles groden and ask him to look after martin short's character clifford for a small duration while they're away at their conference Uh, His uncle is all excited to do this because he's trying to prove to his fiance, Mary Steenburgen, that he 100% loves children, even though she thinks that he doesn't, and that he totally would be willing to have kids with her and they should get married. So he's using Clifford as a way of showing off his great skills that are non-existent with children. He is also the designer of one of the main attractions of Dinosaur World, so he promises Clifford, when he first meets him, that we'll go there because I have a free pass. However, work gets in the way. His boss keeps piling more and more on top of him, so he has to break that promise. And Martin Short, in retaliation, does everything in his power to either get to Dinosaur World or humiliate and destroy his uncle in the process. And it just escalates and escalates and escalates Mm -hmm. to a finale Mm -hmm. that is so over the top and bizarre that you kind of think everyone should be arrested by
0: the end of the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, dead. or dead. dead possibly
1: yeah, yeah. you know Both. A mix, mix. yeah dead mm-hmm. or arrested that's basically where you're going with this that's the basic summary of this film and as we talk about scenes i am sure our listeners are going to be like what the hell is this what movie? happened
0: what and happened? you know what yeah. yes
1: there's no real description i'm going to say this right out that description and everything else it does not Doesn't prepare even... you for the viewing experience no. of what this movie is. So, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. Pauline, yeah. this
1: hidden movie that gem. if you listen to hidden, gem, hidden gem of a film that we loved as a family, when was the last time you watched it, do you think?
0: Oh, definitely has been... <sighs> If not two decades, probably almost two decades. Like, I don't think, because I never owned a DVD of this. So when I moved out of the house at 18, it wasn't in the cards. So I feel like... And it's not like it's one you're stumbling across. No, and you're not, uh, yeah, not stumbling. And then when I'm home visiting, it's not like this is what we were watching. So, I mean, I've got, I I would say a teenager. Uh, What about What about you? Uh,
1: I was in university because mom found a copy for, and Kevin watched it when he was little, like on uh, a loop, there was yeah. a period of time where yes. Kevin just watched this continuously. So I was home from university and that was, I ended up watching it, but I think I didn't watch it. Like I didn't sit down and watch it from start to finish. I just always seemed to come in at parts of it. <laughs> yeah. So I can't say, so it hasn't been since I was a teenager that I like probably even before a teenager, to be honest, mm. since I watched it from start to finish. Um, so this has been interesting. So Pauline, anyone yeah. who hasn't listened to this podcast before, we always have to, when we're re-watching our films, think about specific questions that we're going to answer on the podcast. And the one we always start with is takeaways. What is it like re-watching it as an adult? What do you remember from this movie from when you were a kid, from first viewings or early viewings? Were there any things you misunderstood? Any things you misremembered? Anything that you completely forgot about.
0: Um what stood out to you this time, Pauline? Oh man, there's I feel like there's so much to tackle in this movie mm. because there were so many memorable scenes. so obviously we're mm. I don't, we're not going to get through all of them that would literally no, just be no. us talking through Telling every the scene movie. In this movie because yeah, yeah. almost every scene is memorable for one reason or another yeah i yeah. will say there were two things i clocked that i didn't know from childhood one Ooh. of them was i didn't know his mom was drunk
1: I didn't um, know either. I wrote that down too. Clifford's yeah. mom is
0: drunk She's an alcoholic. Or <laughs> the reason why she's an yes. alcoholic. Yes, like, like I was like, oh yeah, I'd be an alcoholic if he was my kid for sure. Like, so I definitely was like, yeah, I get that. So his mm-hmm. mom being drunk on the plane and in the airport, like I remember thinking she was kind of silly, but watching it I was like, oh yeah, she's, she she's has wasted. a drink she's to deal with gone. her life now. <laughs> and then, so that was one. And then the other thing is the scene. So... Okay, so Martin Short's character Clifford is mad at his Uncle Martin because he's just informed him that he's not taking him to Dinosaur World right away because he's got a bunch of work to do. So Martin Short's character Clifford has, like, grabbed hold of the vehicle. is like, (laughs) turning the steering wheel. They're, like, driving erratically. It's crazy. He starts going into a panic attack while his uncle's like, You're crazy! Like, he's like, Stop it! Like, calm down! And you're going to get us killed! And then he starts hyperventilating and says that he needs a whole thing of chocolate. So Martin Short pulls, uh, sorry, um, Uncle Martin pulls into the this, like, gas station. <laughs> and when he goes in to get the chocolate, Martin Short overhears a family in the van next door saying that they're about to go to Dinosaur World. And he's like, oh, man, amazing. And then a little boy leaves that van to go to the bathroom, but he leaves in a dinosaur costume. And so then you see <laughs> Martin Short turn on the camera and he's got a look on his face like, I have an idea. And so the next thing you know uncle martin comes out to the vehicle and clifford isn't there and he's looking all over for him and he goes to the bathroom where he there's this little boy who does not fit in clifford's clothes wearing clifford's clothes counting money <laughs> <laughs> and uncle martin's like where did you get those clothes And he's like some kid paid me money for my dinosaur costume <laughs> and then he's just counting it anyway so then Uncle Martin knows what's up, goes to this van, opens it up, rips uh, Clifford out, who's in this dinosaur costume, who's sitting in this van. And then as he pulls the head off of the dinosaur costume and the mom realizes that it's not her son, it's Martin (laughs) Short's character, Clifford. She's like, you tell me where my son is. And she starts getting ready to hit. But what she says is, where's my son? And he says, last I saw him, he was in the men's room counting money. And she says, you pervert, and then hits him in the face with her purse while while also hitting Clifford in the face from behind unintentionally, which is also a brilliant gag. And Martin Short's kind of like passing out and he's getting dizzy. But what I didn't get was what that reference meant. Like, yes, obviously. Yeah. She was mad that her son was in the men's room counting money. (laughs) It's like, so that joke, that reference. Oh, that horrible concept just went right over. (laughs) Just was right over my head. So I obviously didn't know that was what was going on in that that moment, but watching it as an adult, Oh, That scene
1: is so funny. Well, and that's one of Kevin's favorite scenes as a kid because of the the absurdity and then the physical comedy of her hitting Uncle Martin and (laughs) perpetually smacking Clifford who gets hit and then goes down and then gets up and gets hit again. (laughs) And Martin Short's expressions are so wonderful. They're so over the top perfect for this character. And then what is icing on the cake, the boy whose costume has been purchased is named Kevin.
0: Yeah. So when he comes
1: out and the mom sees him, she goes, Kevin. And he's like, Mom, I'm fine. And she's like, whatever. And so for Kevin, it was just like the pinnacle best scene. And he'd giggle like crazy. So that's it was true. one that was super fresh in my head because mm. somehow I always managed to be downstairs when Kevin was watching that scene <laughs> yeah. when he was on his rewatch. So that one was perfect. So I get you. And I, but if, when I went downstairs, that's when I saw that, heard that liner was like, Oh, I missed oh. that as a kid. <laughs>
0: whoops hopefully kevin uh, doesn't ask what that means yeah uh, <laughs> why did she get so mad all of a sudden about that i don't, I don't yeah. know yeah yeah, that's a funny. Okay, oh. one of the things I so those are the only two things that I like didn't. But you like get. didn't get. Yeah, everything yeah. else I got. I understood it. I don't think I understood the weight of his actions. Oh, like God, no. Like there's no way I did because it's funny and because it's hard. We watched this movie so many times that it like like any movie that we watched on repeat. It's hard to parse out first viewings, right? But mm-hmm. so you know everything's gonna end up somehow okay. Mm. Somehow kind of sorta everything's fine, and at the end somehow everything is fine and so
1: it watching be, it, it is. yeah there's no <laughs> way it
0: should but so watching it you're like okay well this is the worst thing that's happened so far but it gets it's fine in the end and then the next thing happens and you're like okay so this is now the worst thing that's happened mm-hmm. and it continually gets worse worse and it, worse it gets in ways worse. you don't think it's going to you're like there's no way this could possibly get worse and eventually uncle martin is driven to some sort of basically madness. A, a, a mental breakdown. He has yeah.
1: driven to a mental breakdown. He, and you know what?
0: Watching it, I guess I, yeah. I might
1: also have reached a yes. mental breakdown because mm-hmm.
0: of that child. And so as an adult, the weight of that was much heavier. But what I will say, re-watching it overall, in general, the physical comedy in this movie is hilarious. It's actually it's absurdly
1: good. Martin yeah.
0: Short. I think one of the reasons why this movie works is because you could never do this movie with an actual child. It needs to be an adult in this role because there's physical comedy of arguable abuse where Uncle Martin is like shoving Clifford's head in a bowl of cereal at one point but it sounds terrible that sounds awful but it's like they're like fake laughing in front of Sarah after Clifford has just called in a bomb threat as, for Uncle Martin and he's been arrested so Uncle we told Martin you it escalates people and that's not even is the top of this losing his shit and is like pretending to laugh with Clifford at the table as he lies to Sarah so that Martin, his, so his fiancee does it Doesn't you know? know what the what he's saying or what's happening is <laughs> so as yeah. he's laughing, he's like, ah! And then he like shoves Clifford's head in the bowl. He's like, Oh, watch out on your cereal. Well, this is cereal. <laughs>
1: what adds to that scene is just prior, so Clifford <sighs> has had to spend the night at Sarah's because his uncle's been imprisoned for temporarily until he's been let go when the police realize there's not an actual bomb <laughs> at City Hall. Um, but Clifford has helped himself. To everything in Sarah's <laughs> pantry, and he's got cereal in a bowl that is not a cereal bowl; it is a serving bowl. <laughs> yeah. So it adds to the humor. Eating it with a, like, serving it is a serving spoon, with a serving spoon. So it's like this kid has had his like greatest wish. It's the world's biggest bowl of sugary cereal you could ever. And he's like for.
0: also eating a chocolate bar at the same. Yeah, and there's like things on the table, like there's.
1: It's More just pure things.
0: junk food. And he's yeah. just
1: going to, t- and she's sort of startled, but of course she's like, well, his uncle's just been arrested. Like, well, whatever. We'll, we'll let it fly. This. Yeah. So that comedy works even better because it's not like he's shoving his face into a small bowl and it looks painful. <laughs> he's shoving his face into a giant bowl. <laughs> so it's funny It is. his like, whole, space, it's, his it's whole an, face
0: fits but then and there's room and then clifford is also going along with it because he did do a terrible thing but he also says that he's in love with sarah
1: Mary so he wants so her he to know he to he's put, put on a front as well.
0: So he's laughing along as well. And then at one point, like, he braces himself on the table as Uncle Martin is, like, grabbing his neck, trying to shove his face back in. So then after they're done, you see Martin Schwartz just, like, he's got a kink in his neck. And he kind of has to, like, move and stretch it out. But- <laughs> but they're trying to be so so anyway his facial expressions are great how he eats food is amazing it's like actually he's hilarious it is he's hilarious. so funny in this movie like I i <laughs> I know why it didn't do great oh 100% but I get it the comedy in this <laughs> movie is so unique and it only works because Charles Grodin is is so mad, but he's mad at Martin Short. <laughs> That's what makes it so Yeah, he's not funny. actually mad at a 10-year-old. No. He's not
1: mad he's at an ma- actual 10-year-old who's borderline, like, he's narcissistic. Sociopath. <laughs> he's borderline sociopath, but he's definitely narcissistic, and he's caught up in his intelligence. So... So if that were an actual child, how Charles... It's a horror react, story. Even, yeah. yeah, it is. Basically, it would only work as a horror film if you had a child in that role. Yeah. But because it's Martin Short, it works because you're not concerned for his welfare. And it's
0: it's odd in a different way, in a humorous way. And it's odd. <laughs> it is. And it's odd because... like. It already isn't believable that Martin yes. Short is a 10-year-old boy. That's the totally. whole point. So, like, everything is over the top, but in a way that you can, like, laugh about because it, nothing is really actually realistic no. anyway. No, and
1: that's the thing. When you watch this movie, you have to buy into the fact that everything is going to be absurd and over the top. And just go with it, and then yeah. you're fine. If you're sitting there going, "That's not a ten year old. This is ridiculous." Turn yeah. off the movie. You're not. Yeah, t- you're not watching this totally. movie. You're not
0: making it. You're not, not gonna appreciate any. You're gonna about be upset
1: movie. and annoyed and pissed off the whole time, and probably turn off halfway through. So just save totally. yourself the trouble and like. I'm yourself not off saying, off saying off that again. that
0: painfulness doesn't come up. Oh, it definitely
1: happens. Oh my god. But
0: you kind of just have to like. Cringe you kind of just cringe it. and
1: roll with it.
0: Yeah. 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 So, but they're... I know one of our favorite scenes and we would laugh every time. So Martin and Sarah work together at um, the same company and she Mm -hmm. runs a daycare. She's a teacher at a daycare and he brings um, Clifford with him to work one day and uh, on their way to go to wherever they need to go. Sarah and Martin are walking and talking together and they're actually talking about their boss, Mr. Ellis. But while they're talking in the background, (laughs) Clifford is just horsing around so he's like he's climbing (laughs) over furniture for example (laughs) there's like a wheelie cart full of stuff just outside the door and so as Martin and Sarah are walking Clifford jumps on his belly on it and rolls out of frame and then they keep walking and he comes back out from behind the corner and then he keeps walking he gets a lamp he puts it between his legs while he puts the lampshade on his head and is walking while he's like almost like riding a horse then he drops it and he runs to the left and then he comes out without the lampshade and he starts somersaulting over the furniture as they're walking and talking Mm -hmm. and Martin and Sarah have no idea this is happening no. and i love it so much because i guess a ton of the interactions between martin short and charles groden were also improvised <laughs> so i i just can't everything about it is martin short getting to play the worst behaved child In he the could world. imagine In the world. and you can tell he's loving every
1: minute of it he has fully embraced this horrendous 10 year old and i gotta say those movements on the furniture like watching it i'm like yeah kids do shit like that kids do it's just that usually parents catch them and go stop it but as children, it was delightful because it's stuff you always wanted to do. You're like, yeah, I totally want to ride on that cart. I totally want to climb on that chair. Totally. That's I. If I wouldn't have gotten in trouble, I would do that with the lamp too. Like you just yeah. know all of that horsing around. And the fact that they're oblivious to it and the fact that Martin Short is fully committed, just, I was cracking because I, I knew it. As soon as it was coming, I'm like, oh, here comes the background yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite parts from childhood for sure was me that me too. just oh, was that so small good. little bit of him doing the furniture because movements.
0: everything in this movie is a bit
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> everything
0: is a bit for martin short and charles groden and it's mm-hmm. it works so well i mean i could go on about a million different little things i mean mm-hmm. the subtleties are actually kind of impressive like a
1: lot of his mannerisms they really like, he- difficult comedy to actually have done it is yeah it's i so- was I, I actually admired it more
0: <laughs> yes me too as an adult watching it I was like he's actually funnier than I knew as a kid as a kid mm-hmm. I would just laugh at his antics as a as an adult you're like oh man like this is a kid from hell and he is doing a brilliant job mm-hmm. I feel like the other thing I'll mention as uh, mm. a favorite scene or like an yeah. uncomfortable scene so many. they're all uncomfortable that's uh, a lot yeah but yeah. the whole the whole anniversary dinner scene has like <laughs> the entire scene The entire is, from start to finish it has so many pieces to uh. it that are so awful and so funny and so but so for anyone so why we can't describe this movie in detail is because there's so many things that happen but let's we'll break down just this one this one environment that they're at there's like mm-hmm. a million things that clifford does And why it's so funny. And you're bracing yourself. When you
1: see this scene coming up, you're like, oh, this is going to go horribly (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Clifford has so many opportunities to be terrible that you're just like, oh, God.
0: Oh, God, this is a perfect
1: storm. The, the other KK thing, Charles
0: the other thing though, is that no one else knows is he's very mild mannered and sweet in his in how he behaves to others. Is a front. He he's very polite. He always looks like he's doing the nicest thing or the best thing. So. So it's kind of why Uncle Martin slowly gets driven insane because no one believes him for how terrible Clifford is. And it's and this because party. he's a
1: 10 year old, right? He's like if you saw this angelic 10 year old being super polite and super affectionate and super loving, you'd be like, this child's wonderful. Totally. And that one adult who seems to just be losing their mind
0: over him, something's clearly wrong. They are unhinged. Not yeah. the other way around. Totally. So that's basically how this whole scene plays out. So What it is, is there's an anniversary of Sarah's parents. Her father does not like Martin, Charles Grodin's character. She doesn't, he does not like him. Um, But he has to go to this anniversary dinner, begrudgingly. He brings Clifford. And right away, you know that her father doesn't like Martin. And there is a moment where Sarah takes Clifford to go get, like, a Shirley Temple or something. And... She gets Martin a Bloody Mary. And what ends up happening is Sarah gets pulled away at one point as the bartender is putting down the Bloody Mary. And Clifford is punishing his Uncle Martin for breaking his promise to Dinosaur World. So he sees the Bloody Mary, dumps out the liquid, and then pours just straight Tabasco in as the tomato juice Mm -hmm. and then happily points out the drink to his uncle and before he takes a sip he suggests why don't you say a toast to sarah's parents and so uncle martin is forced to give a toast and he says one thing and then takes a sip of his drink and then it's so hot he cannot talk (laughs) he looks like an idiot sarah's dad is mad and telling him to get on with it he makes a fool of himself he drops the drink and then goes and slurps out of the punch bowl because he's absolutely dying his mouth is on fire Mm -hmm. and that is just so that's one thing out of like five things that happens at this Mm -hmm. party Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say all of them because I feel like they don't sound funny (laughs) like even as I'm saying it it doesn't sound funny it sounds hilarious it sounds well then that's the thing a lot of this movie is
1: utter empathy for poor uncle martin because you're watching his life be destroyed by a 10 year old a vindictive 10 year old who doesn't get a chance to go to uh, an amusement park once Once. yeah and he basically drives him to insanity Mm -hmm. and you're watching this step by step happen and so it doesn't sound like it would be funny it's it should be a horror film and yet because of how they all interact together It actually ends up being hilarious Hilarious. in the worst way
0: but hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah.
1: And that's also, and what makes that scene even worse is Sarah's family is very well to do. Oh yes. It is a yeah. wealthy house. Everyone is wealthy. Everyone's wearing like those beautiful tuxes dresses and, and tuxes yeah. and everything else. And so clearly Charles Gordon also doesn't fit in that world. And there's like waiters and servants and help everywhere. And like all these people who are just used to the best of things. And he knows he's already on an off foot when he gets in. And it just gets, you know, worse Worse. and worse as Clifford just happily and carefully takes him to pieces without anyone knowing that Clifford is doing it. And it's and it and as we said, it culminates in him being arrested for a bomb threat he did not give that Clifford doctored from his voice messaging system and a recorded conversation he has with him.
0: And it's awful. it's terrible (laughs) and yet it's like you're just like no way anyway it's so what about anything else lisa like any other favorite scenes of yours or absolutely so so let's hear some of them i will say as someone with secondhand embarrassment yeah this uh movie
1: can be quite challenging and as a kid this is why i didn't watch it as a teenager as a kid Uh... i could handle it to a point because the whole family was laughing and there were scenes that made me laugh but at the same time i'd be in severe pain (laughs) but yep. I would laugh that punch scene was one of the hardest though the one you're describing is one of the absolute <laughs> hardest ones for me to sit through even as an adult I was like oh god here it comes yep. I could handle as an adult it wasn't as bad I will say as an adult because it's Martin Short because he's not a child and as I get that as an adult as a kid I very much accepted he was a kid mm-hmm. which is hilarious I was fully on board that this was a ten-year-old, totally. oh, which no. is awesome
0: I remember being confused I yes. remember being like wait a minute He's a little boy here, but he's a man in Father of the Bride. And it came out in the same year.
1: I fully accepted him as a child. And I think so as an
0: adult watching it, there was less
1: secondhand embarrassment because it was Martin Short. But that scene was still a problem. One of the absolute favorite scenes, though, from when I was a kid to when I was an adult and I was waiting for it, is actually the opening. So this movie actually opens. It's bookended. It's narrated by an elderly Clifford, who is a priest
0: which is and awesome and who is awesome
1: and basically he's very kind he's very generous and he goes to basically a a, a boys home so a uh, home for troubled team wayward boy, like, boys wayward is boys is what it's them. called yeah. and it's in the future it's like the year 2040 but it, what I appreciate yes. what I appreciate about this film is they don't make it with flying cars he's just going into a complex and I'm yeah. like perfect this works way better and there's this boy who is attempting to run away yeah. because he is just like Clifford. He has a high IQ. He didn't get his way. So he burned down the gymnasium. <laughs> and so Clifford decides to tell him this story of his time with uncle Martin as like a life lesson of we're yeah. very similar. Let me explain why you're down. You're going down a path that's problematic. So it's bookended with these narration scenes in the occasional moment where you pop back to the narration. And I Mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. every scene with older clifford and this boy so it opens with clifford is just father clifford is walking among the kids talking to them they are explaining that they don't like this boy and then he's standing there and all of a sudden a, a basketball falls on his head from high above him and he's like who's and before he could finish the sentence a suitcase lands on his head and he falls over and he's like who's and before he could finish that a boy lands on top of him. Uh. And this is how the kid is escaping. He's escaping out the window. And they have this whole back and forth. And at that scene, I kill myself laughing as a kid. And I died as an adult. Where, because where are you going, Roger? Are you running away? And he's like, no, no, I just fell while I was uh, washing my windows washing your windows with a suitcase he's like uh, ah he tries to bolt and then i as a kid totally was on board with this i'm like i like this older priest he seems super nice i like this kid who's ridiculous washing windows with a suitcase who's gonna believe that and then the kid tries to make a break for it because he doesn't want to have to sit and talk to the father he wants to run away and he manages to pull himself away from clifford's arms and clifford fakes a heart attack yeah and falls on the ground and this kid's like oh my god and like runs back and then clifford stands up and says look who's recovered
0: <laughs> and like just, and but just, when he has a heart like, attack okay. he says oh my heart heart It hurts. hurts. And he falls over and he does the
1: full on thing. He does look like he's having a heart attack. And then he stands up like nothing's wrong. And then he pulls the kid to sit down and explain. And I was fully in those scenes. And those scenes are the ones I probably quote the most Mm. because they cracked me up so much. And there was no second embarrassment with them. Mm -hmm. I appreciated all of it. I liked that I knew that Clifford would become a good person and that this was proof that he was (laughs) a good person. And I needed that
0: as a kid. I think that was essential. It was essential.
1: So, as a kid, watching that opening and then the ending, where the finale happens, he explains what happens, and the kid agrees that he's going to change his ways. And, like, you know, Clifford's all happy that he's succeeded, and kind of that's the end of the movie. As a kid, I was like, oh, thank you. Okay, thank God. He turns into a priest. He's a good person. He helps this kid. Life's fine. I can live with this. So, those were absolutely necessary for me as a kid. Um, The other scenes I struggled with. the basically a lot but as a kid one of the scenes (laughs) I struggled with Mm -hmm. the most because I remembered watching this movie the parts that I was fully on board and watching is like okay opening Father is like he's a priest oh the plane where he's like makes it land and his poor parents are trapped on this plane with him and then he forces it to land and then his parents dump him on his uncle his uncle trying to convince his girlfriend that they're together and he totally loves kids like him taking clifford to work that first day them talking about dinosaur world those were the scenes i remembered perfectly and then as soon as it got to the part where uncle martin's like I'm sorry. And like the car scene, he's like, you know, driving and like the whole thing with the dinosaur. After that scene, it was less clear what I remembered, because as a kid, I was like, we don't like this part. This gets Mm. too intense. Mm -mm -mm. And all I was watching it was I was like, it was all flying back with each scene. Mm -hmm. Um, But the hardest one. So Clifford. After he's been punished again for his behavior with the bomb threat and other things, basically, his uncle tells him he's never going to Dinosaur World. Like, that's his punishment. He's not going to take him. He was going to delay it because of his work, but now he's just not going to take him. And that's it. And so Clifford runs away and leaves a note explaining that he's going to go because uh, Martin's fiancé is on, like, a. Uh, basically a business dinner but we all know it's not a dinner with her creepy boss and clifford has written a note saying he's going to san francisco where they are to go rescue miss sarah and bring her back to prove that he's like sorry and so uncle martin falls for it and goes to the running to the train station to get on the train that clifford specifies he's going to be on so that he can stop him from going to san francisco and it turns out Clifford, of course, is not on that train. Clifford has lured his uncle to that train, and then he goes back to his uncle's house and throws a house party saying that he's gonna let this house party happen, provided any people who are there take him to Dinosaur World the next day. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that scene with the house party where his uncle phones home, and the house party guest is like,
0: who? Who
1: are you talking for? We're just having this house party because this random kid says if we take him to Dinosaur World, and Uncle Martin then gets back and martin short has tied himself up destroyed the house and claimed that it was a gang of bikers who did it and that whole scene upset me so much Mm -hmm. as a kid it wasn't funny it hurt too much as an adult Mm -hmm. i'm like it still hurts a lot (laughs) but less but it still hurts a lot that was honestly that tied up scene and then his uncle going crazy and barring him in his room Mm -hmm. literally hammering boards and of wood yeah wood over the door, the door and the the windows.
0: windows yeah that
1: was too hard for me as a kid and then after that scene I was fine again that was the scene that was the hardest one and then once we got past that hurdle yeah I was in it again it was the one scene I couldn't handle but what's so funny is when he tricks his uncle onto the train
0: yes you I know see exactly him on the train and he's what, looking around yeah. and he
1: realizes he can't find clifford and then it just shows the train station and clifford's waving the train away and then clifford turns mm-hmm. and starts singing mm-hmm. a song that i still sing to mm-hmm. this day from a musical anytime i hear of san francisco and it's just San Francisco, open your golden gate, you'll get no stranger, wait outside your door. San Francisco, here is your wandering one, say it, I'll wander, no, he does the whole thing, and he runs up the train platform, and he's fully singing this song, people are staring at him, and for some reason, as a kid, I loved it. I, I thought too. that was so funny. I would yep. sing along. I thought that song was great. That's the first time I heard that song. Me from too. Clifford. Yep. I didn't know it was from no. other things. No, I didn't know
0: it was from a musical until JM was in high school doing an audition for a musical and she sang that song. And I was like, wait a minute, you chose the song from Clifford? And she's <laughs> like, it's from a musical. And I was like, it is? what? Hang on a second. Back this train up. What are you? and then it's talking like Judy about? Garland, and you're like, okay. <laughs> you're I like, I should know, know that
1: this. I should Anyways. know this. Yeah, yeah. That song and the song that is made for the show about Larry the Scary Rex. Mm-hmm. I know I all the, words, all to the words to that yep. one too. And they sing it together when he first meets his uncle Martin, and he tells him he wants to go to dinosaur world. He's like, I made that dinosaur, and they start singing the song together. And as a kid. That became something oh, yeah. that stayed in my brain songs to this day. are
0: catchy; I tell they are ya. catchy. Both songs yep. are
1: catchy. They yep. were in my head forever. So mm-hmm. those scenes stayed in my head. I mean, the whole movie did, and obviously, this finale was a big scene that stayed in my head and was super important. I don't know if we need to go
0: into what the finale. No, is. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think if... it's
1: necessary. But that, I mean,
0: all finales stick. I think and this all a you one. need to know, listeners, is the calling in of a bomb threat and Uncle Martin getting arrested is just the beginning is that's the, not the tip climax of the iceberg <laughs> that starts a chain of events that make it worse and worse and that's totally if totally. you if that already sounds terrible to you don't watch this movie it, if yeah. it only gets worse from there if you feel like you can handle that then by all means that, the only yes. other
1: scene that as a kid um was memorable in the sense that i was very upset was so Mary Steenberg has gone to this meeting with her boss, mm. who is a creep, a complete and utter creep. And he tells her it's because he wants her to, you know, take a look and oversee it like their San Francisco branch, the daycare, because she's the the teacher at the company daycare. And what he's really doing is he's flying her out to San Francisco to wine and dine her and expect sex from it. and. She, you know, is patiently sitting through the dinner with him, and then it pans to them being in the car. And he is on top of her, kissing her. She's telling him no. She's pushing him away. She's very forceful, and he keeps trying anyways. And the best part is, she rips his toupee off his head. And as a child, I was like, "That's the greatest." that yeah, was ever. awesome. And she like for sure. throws it out the window. But yeah. I was really upset that he was doing that to her, mm-hmm. and really upset that he wasn't listening to her, and that mm-hmm. this was happening at all. And as an adult watching it, I'm just like, ugh.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. But awful. As a
1: kid, it really stayed in my head because everything else about the movie was over the top funny and it was painful but in a different way. Yeah. That scene stuck in my head because it was just genuinely upsetting for what yeah. was happening. Totally. So, but no, otherwise we'd just be going over the whole movie. This whole movie is memorable, this whole movie, all the scenes. But the if scene with the dinosaur movie,
0: suit. You know this movie. The, the, scene dinosaur, with the dinosaur suit. The dinosaur
1: suit is like, oh my God, it's still it's hilarious. And so and as I mean, you said, the physical God. comedy when they're in the kitchen—the scene that in the trivia yeah. episode you mentioned, Nicolas Cage's favorite scene. Listen to the trivia episode, he has a favorite scene. He loved this movie. Is they're in the kitchen together, and Uncle Martin is chasing Clifford, is trying to get him. This dinner, is at the
0: anniversary he's dinner. This Just embarrass himself after with the he's speech.
1: embarrassed himself with the speech, but before the bomb threat arrest. He's chasing Clifford around the kitchen, trying to get him to hit him. And then Sarah comes in and he's been hitting him with a piece of bread, <laughs> like, <laughs> like French bread. And, and he's got like a bucket attached and, like all that's like a shield. And so then he swaps it to pretending to teach him how to play baseball and the physical comedy of them switching up from being chased and being like you know attacked to pretending they're playing baseball because both of them want sarah to not
0: know what they're doing is genuinely hilarious it's so good and then after it's done and clifford goes to wash his hands and he's all he's so funny too like he's like he's like pretending that he's going to try to remember all the baseball pointers anyway (laughs) it's so funny because then sarah turns to martin and she's like you would tell me if you were having a nervous breakdown wouldn't you (laughs) And he's like, ha! Nervous breakdown! Ha, ha, ha. And then they like walk away. It's <laughs> just like, oh. It's only just beginning. Again,
1: tip of the iceberg. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, that's
1: all I have to say about it. Like, second embarrassment, favorite scenes, all that jazz. Anything else you want to add? Before There's just one cares? more moment
0: at the, mm-hmm. and again, it's just, it's very subtle, but it's at the anniversary dinner, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> Is, before he, Clifford, dumps the Tabasco sauce in his uncle's drink, he's talking to Sarah. Yes! And he's yes. just eating a bowl of sugar cubes. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? As
1: a kid, I related to him eating that bowl of sugar cubes because I would steal sugar cubes whenever I was in a situation where sugar cubes presented themselves. So the fact that he had taken the entire sugar bowl, like the cup it's... that was meant to be with a tea set, and he's just snacking on them.
0: And no one is no say saying anything. And no one
1: And I just, as a kid, I I was fully invested because I'm like, that's what I would do if I could get away with it. As an adult, I also was, because I'm like, it's brilliant because that's what a spoiled 10 year old
0: kid would do like whoever <laughs> came up with those ideas like if it was martin short or if it was the writers i don't know what it is but it's so funny i want to believe it was Martin. there's short, a he's lot of so those good. little things he does yeah. to prove he's a
1: kid like the other one for me and that same scene <laughs> is a woman comes up oh it's uh, sarah's uh. mother Sarah's mother is introduced and she sees Clifford for the first time. And she's like, you're so, cause he's super charming to her. He says something super lovely about how, you know, you must be the most wonderful person in the world if you're Sarah's mother. And she's like, Oh, like just charmed. So she grabs him by both cheeks of his face and just starts kissing him and won't stop. Like doing this, like, you're so sweet. Like on the cheeks, on the forehead, on the, like very maternal is what it's doing. But she, and he's like trying to politely be like, wait, stop wait and she just keeps going so he just goes
0: wait
1: <laughs> and then has to, and she's startled and then has to recover because he knows he's supposed to be charming so he's like um and then segues into something else but when he does the little kid trying but can't handle it and then loses it <laughs> I, I was
0: i know i know
1: because i I also i felt like that as a kid when people Mm -hmm. would do i never said it but inside i'd be screaming yeah so for him to actually
0: vocalize it's great because the other thing too is it's a moment where the facade drops it's where the sweet innocent 10 year old boy loses his shit he's like (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. And oh, again, my God. these
1: scenes, they're so subtle and
0: wonderful. And they're just brief moments. And I think that's why I think that's why I still found the movie funny to watch because there are
1: Because there were enough of those. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're yeah. prevalent, but it's like it's the humor that kind of is the vein through all of the madness and the chaos. You're just like mm-hmm. like him rolling on the furniture, him eating the sugar cubes, him losing it in that moment, him pretending he wants to borrow his uncle's chapstick when in reality he has just planted a lipstick in his uncle's pocket (laughs) so his uncle reaches for his chapstick unknowingly grabbing a lipstick and puts on lipstick at the middle of the dinner table at this anniversary party and it's he's just oh my god it's It's, so
1: it's so diabolical and at the same time childish and that's
0: what works (laughs) because again it's not like like it's not the fact that he did that one thing. It's like all these little things that are just slowly driving his uncle insane. Yep. Again, again. Okay. All right. Well, let us,
1: let us segue then, shall we? Let us pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, So Pauline, in our
0: films, we Mm -hmm. always,
1: when we're watching them, we examine it through the lens of the Bechdel test, which Mm -hmm. we, which we acknowledge is not a perfect test, but it's basically one that allows us to examine female characters in film and just sort of, Take a moment to think about what roles they're given, what conversations, what dialogue, how prevalent they are in the movie versus male characters, all that stuff. So, Pauline, in order, please, would you mind telling everyone how you passed the Bechdel test, what the caveats are, and if this movie passes it or not?
0: Yeah. So, the caveats are they have to have two named female characters when they talk to each other, if they talk to each other. Um, they have to talk to each other about something other than a man or men so those are the three things they have to Mm -hmm. talk to each other they have to be named and they when they talk it has to be about something that isn't man related Mm -hmm. and this movie unfortunately doesn't pass no Sarah's there with her mom in the anniversary dinner scene but they don't actually really interact no Um, the only thing I would say is there's a woman named I think it's i think it's julia but it might be sarah i don't know why it's either of those names mm. and she starts talking oh it's julia it's yeah. julia <laughs> and she, right because sarah is mary's name sorry it's yeah. Bergen. so julia is talking to sarah very briefly at the party and maybe that interaction counts <laughs> she basically makes a snide comment about her dress and yeah. then
1: uh mary Steinberg corrects her and that's it so i think i think we could say that's like a slight thing i wasn't sure on that one either because it's so again this is when we squeak by a bechdel test because we're like it's brief but does it count as a conversation yeah uh, i would possibly. say
0: no i don't I mean, think it's it a does. pretty mediocre one but yeah. that's kind yeah. of the bar the bar but is that's low
1: as, that's as close as it gets is yeah. that scene yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i would agree okay well then the other one we like to examine our films through, especially because we know we're watching older movies, and what was acceptable back then is not necessarily acceptable now. What um, has changed with social norms and understanding and empathy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> comes a mm-hmm. long way. So we like to look at our films and wonder as we're watching it. We always look out in case there's anything offensive, and offensive is a strong term. Uh, sometimes it's merited if there's homophobia, racism, you know, anything like fat phobia, anything like that, that's quite over the top. But sometimes it's simply that there are just a couple of small things that haven't aged well, that wouldn't be in movies nowadays, that just wouldn't be acceptable. And we just like to give you a heads up that those might or might not be in these films. Uh, Pauline, is there anything that you would deem either offensive or something that hasn't aged well in this movie that was of note?
0: Yeah. So there's a few things that I clocked. Mm. Um, So one of them starts on the plane and Clifford is making fun of his dad who he's slowly driving insane (laughs) um, about how he's going to give himself a stroke and then Clifford impersonates stroke, people who've had strokes and how they talk only out of one side of their mouth. So mm-hmm. there's a couple lines that he says, mocking his father, who's on the verge of a breakdown. In all honesty, I'm surprised he hasn't had a stroke yeah. yet. Yeah, because yeah. Martin only handles him for a couple of days and he's about to lose it. So mm-hmm. anyway, so there's a couple of moments where um, Clifford impersonates people who've had a stroke. And at the time, it's quite funny. I won't lie, you laugh because- Clifford is so terrible in Mm -hmm. like in his in behavior and everything they're like of course he's making fun of his father who he thinks is going to have a stroke one day as a result of him as a son so so that's that Mm -hmm. then when they're at the airport and it gets brought up again when his dad is actually slowly losing it and he's yelling at his son a woman mm. intervenes to say, I, you know, I can't believe you talked to such a sweet boy. And what's unfortunate about this interaction, Julian, who's his father who is losing it, starts telling her to mind her own business, but he comments on her weight. She's a larger woman. He calls her like extra wide load, asks her how many donut sheets in a day, mm-hmm. tells her to go on her way. She does. She's obviously offended and her feelings are hurt. And this is when his wife Theodora has to tell him, like, Julian, calm down. So mm-hmm. Julian's losing it and lashes out at this woman in a very mean fat-phobic in a fat phobic way. Fat phobic way. Yeah, yeah. So those are the two things, kind of right off the bat. Then there's mm-hmm. nothing for a while. then i just want to bring up you've already mentioned the biggest one that i would say is the sexual assault in the cab um the behavior of sarah being stuck with mr ellis and can't go anywhere or do anything and she's stuck in the back of the story a limo and it's terrible it's so uncomfortable it's awful to watch he's a terrible person you know he's a terrible person but it's still really uncomfortable yeah um the other thing i'd say is they touch Clifford a lot. Adults touch him all the time. They touch his mm-hmm. hair, they touch his shoulder, they squeeze his neck. And again, there's a physical comedy related to it. Every adult who sees him tussles his hair and he hates
1: it. And you can <laughs> see your, you see his reaction. Reaction. It's, it's a moment when his mask slips slightly, but they haven't clocked his expression. But you as an audience member can see as to he slips and then pushes it back up quickly.
0: Yeah yeah so yeah there, it's a gag it's a running gag in the movie so again it'd be different if this if clifford was actually played by a little boy but because it's martin short it has a different humor Tone. to it yeah, yeah so there's that's why but there's just a lot of physical unwanted touching to clifford yes that's yeah funny which, in the
1: movie which nowadays we allow children to have their bodily autonomy yeah <laughs> and we don't just and, go
0: touching them whenever we yeah. need a kid yeah and, yeah. and again because he's not actually played by a kid, it's mm-hmm. different because yeah. it is Martin Short as an adult playing a kid. I think it works still. It's just, it's it's just it's something a note. to be yeah. mindful yeah. of that parents and adults don't really do this to kids anymore. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But, um, so that's the big one. Or they and shouldn't. The, they shouldn't. <laughs> and then there is a brief moment. I mean, I don't know if it's offensive, but there's a joke because <laughs> they're in LA. So Martin Short's character Clifford describes someone whose face looks like this and he pushes his his face up and talks about (laughs) facelifts and then at the party everyone around them has a facelift yes so anyway it's again a joke and a gag if you're someone who's had a facelift you might be offended by the topic or the joke but it's not i would say that's a very this is a low bar joke like it's not a
1: mm-hmm. not and a lot it doesn't... of people are
0: going to be actively offended by it it's well, not. well making... and
1: and it's brief and it's and again it's it's more to embarrass uncle martin than yes. it is to poke fun at someone who has a facelift i would totally. say it's kind of the thing Agreed. too but it is it is in there for sure yeah 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 was there anything else that you clocked lisa no that was the main thing those were all the main things that i thought of when i was watching the movie too so nothing that was nothing that's like terribly overt. I think the fat phobic one and the, um and the, the limo scene are the worst outliers. Yeah. And again, Mr. Like Mr. Ellis's behavior is not condoned, mm-hmm. um, but it is un- if you're on, un- if you do not want to watch something like that, it is an uncomfortable scene because of how much she is telling him no and because of how much he's not listening. And I mean, while she gets the upper hand by ripping off his toupee, it's a while till she gets there. So it might bring up some unpleasant memories for people if they've had been in situations of such unfortunate circumstances
0: so mm-hmm. um just i think that's, that's the biggest one to that's be definitely the of. most yeah. triggering yeah. for people the yeah. fat phobic one is definitely something that wouldn't even be in a movie now that's the most I sincerely like, 90s, hope not yeah like, that's Very the most 90s, 90s joke yeah to me mm-hmm. so that's just not done okay no,
1: no all right well since we've covered all of that ground we're on to the almost final category the one mm. that is all the questions uh, <laughs> well, <it> so <laughs> Pauline, mm-hmm. now that you have rewatched this movie after all these years, does it hold up? Is it one you will rewatch? Would you recommend it? And if so, who would you recommend it to? And out of 10, how would you rate this movie?
0: Okay, so this movie holds up. It is exactly what I remember seeing. <laughs> it's uncomfortable and cringy, funny and terrible all wrapped into one I both love and hate Martin Short in this movie I love Charles Grodin I loved Sarah played by Mary Steenburgen Mm -hmm. as a kid and I still she's a lovely human in this Mm -hmm. she's also quite funny like she's more of the straight man but she has some good she has some good delivery she's got some Mm -hmm. good one-liners that are great like so the story is funny it's what I remember Clifford's terrible but there's something about knowing that he becomes a priest later that gives Mm -hmm. you some sort of like peace of mind that he he becomes a good person and he gets over this terribleness. So anyway, so I did enjoy watching it. Um I don't know when I'll rewatch it or if I will. I don't know if I really need to rewatch it. Now that mm-hmm. I've watched it, I'm like, yeah, I it's what i remember it's funny i laughed out loud uh, you know i feel like i can quote quote it with family members next time we're all mm-hmm. hanging out at thanksgiving and stuff it'll be funny um but i don't i don't i'm not in a hurry to re-watch it again because it is painful um but i i won't i won't say no to watching it i just don't think i'll actively pursue another rewatching of this movie anytime soon mm-hmm. um i'd only recommend this movie if you um If based on what we're saying, this is the type of comedy you think you can handle or stand. If you like Martin Short and his type of humor, I think that you'll appreciate it. Um, It's a little different than like the standard. But the dynamic between Martin Short and Charles Grodin Mm. is so funny. They do such a good job together. It is painfully funny to watch it so that's kind of (laughs) the best way i can describe it Um, but if you if this is not your sense of humor you will not enjoy it if after the first like 10 minutes of watching this movie this isn't for you it only gets worse so don't just stop it don't watch Mm -hmm, it any further mm -hmm. but other than that um if that's your kind of humor that's the only thing that's the only person i'd recommend it to Um, out of 10 i am gonna give it Okay, I'm going to give it a nostalgia-heavy seven, Mm -hmm. because it's exactly what I knew it was going to be. But is this movie a seven? Like, is this movie a good movie? I I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. I get why other critics didn't love it, but Mm. I don't think it's like a four. I think it's more clever than that. I do think it's funny. It is well-written. It's just weird. It's weird watching... If you're not cool or comfortable with the idea of Martin Short being a 10 year old boy, you're not going to think it's funny. So it's a very specific type of humor. But if this is your humor, it's a seven in that in terms (laughs) like that. That's what I would say. I
1: like it. I appreciate it. Um, it was funny rewatching it because I remembered how painful some of the scenes were. And I was curious if I would enjoy it when I was yeah. watching it. And I will say I think I enjoyed it more as an adult mm. than I did as a kid, um, because I was no longer as uncomfortable as I was before. So this movie does hold up for me as well. It was what I was expecting there were so many scenes i remembered as i was watching it like (laughs) i keep watching it I'm like oh god here it comes here this comes here this comes and it's fast it's only like an hour and 29 minutes like it is a very fast quick paced over the top movie and that's what i saw that's what i watched and i will say i freaking appreciated martin short way more i know watching it i was like you are actually brilliant in this role it's <laughs> just so freaking weird though so you ha- i'm with you you have to be okay with how weird and out there this movie is and then if you embrace that it is very funny it's very <laughs> entertaining it's horrible but you can't stop watching it um and you yes. want to see how it ends and how on earth it could get worse. So I I did find it very funny. I had a lot of nostalgia for it. There are so many things we quote from our family that rewatching oh, it again God. was just very much like, ah, there's that. And I can hear different siblings laughing in the back of my head yeah. when we were watching it. There were some scenes. There's this moment on the train where Martin it's uncle martin is stuck on the train to san francisco and he's sitting (laughs) (laughs) some people are sharing food and there's this kid next to him just listening to a really loud walkman snapping his fingers and bopping his head right next to uncle martin and all i heard was our brother dan laughing because that was
0: one of his favorite scenes and i just laughed
1: because i heard dan laughing in the back of my head and it is a funny gig and so i was like man this movie so i will say i I think I actually enjoyed it more, which is yeah. very surprising to me. I was not expecting <laughs> to enjoy it as much as I did and to laugh as much as I did and to <laughs> write down as many quotes as much as I did. So so I was pleasantly surprised. Nice. It is very heavy nostalgia um, on this film. As I said, I'm, listen- I'm hearing my siblings laughing in the back of my head. I, I know this. Who I'd recommend it to, Pauline said it. If you like Martin Short's sense of humor, if you haven't seen this for whatever reason, if you're okay with really absurd Weird humor. Yeah. And you can sit through Martin Short as a 10-year-old boy. That is essential. (sighs) You have to what you need to do, watch this movie up until when the plane lands, is forced to land. If by the time the plane at the beginning of the movie, that's probably like the first 10 Mm -hmm. minutes of the show. By the time the plane is forced to land, you're not laughing and you're not like, I could keep watching, turn it off. But if Mm -hmm. you're laughing, And think you can keep watching and want to know what's going to happen. Then this movie is for you. If you haven't seen this since forever, give it a rewatch. You will have nostalgia for it. Provided you liked it the first time. Yeah. Um, I will also say we mentioned in the trivia episode, John Oliver and Seth Meyers love Mm. this movie and think Martin Short's performance is hysterical. So if you like their kind of humor... You probably like it is what I Nicolas I'm Cage
0: thought it was Nicolas hilarious. Cage thought it was
1: a piece of brilliance. He so, thought it was again, a genius. These are all three very weird people with very particular types of humor. If that's your bag, you're gonna like this movie. Other than that, stay away from it. You're not gonna enjoy Mm -hmm. it. It's gonna be too strange and weird and whatever else. Will I watch it again? I I like you. I don't think I'll seek it out. But if a sibling's watching it, I'm probably sitting there watching it with. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And if we're quoting it or bring it up, like I, if it's on, you know, if I happen to be there and some family member wants to watch Clifford, I'm in it. Will I seek it out? Probably not. But damn, I'd watch it if someone else was. Mm -hmm. Um. Out of ten, I'm with you. I give it a seven. Nostalgia heavy seven. I don't think it's a bad movie either. Yeah, it's just freaking weird. It's weird. It's flipping weird. And man, did they take a risk with this weirdness? It kind of feels like a really long SNL sketch. You know those weird ones where you're like, "Why am I laughing?" And <laughs> yeah, I can't help laughing. This yeah, like, like if an classic... SNL movie worked.
0: Yes, like...
1: SCTV. Like if totally you Wayne's that, World. Like oh, this yes, kind yes, of yes, weirdness. Yes. Yeah then then that's what this movie that's is and it. i think it's a solid seven um otherwise you aren't gonna like this movie yeah no there we go okay okay there we go so right, Pauline, yeah here we come all right to where we're gonna have to hold ourselves back yeah. of the many quotes we say as a family this we have this section everyone because we as a family speak in movie quotes it's how we show affection it's how we connect with each other we just sprinkle them into every conversation and clifford our mom quotes clifford a lot actually a lot i've got a few of the ones she says written down so we're gonna have to rein ourselves in for this yeah the whole movie yeah but the reason we have this category is because this is something we celebrate in our family and this one out of all the ones we've done has a lot, so Pauline, start yeah. us off. What's one okay. what of your
0: first okay. quotes? So we're gonna, we're just kind of gonna start at the top. So we already mentioned a couple of the ones from uh, Martin Short as the priest mm-hmm. when he's older, who's opening it up. He's talking to Roger, the little boy who's trying to run away, and Roger's talking about how he doesn't get his way all the time, and he's saying that he's like the other day, the gym teacher, I can't remember his name, tells me I can be on the basketball team, and then he said I couldn't, and Martin Clifford says, Father Clifford says. And you felt blowing up the gymnasium was an appropriate response. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then he's like, even though it was your parents who told him you could be on the basketball team. And I love that interaction with that little boy so he much. He
1: takes it so seriously. I love, so good. I love that kid. I love that kid. In that
0: same scene
1: yeah. when they're walking. Steve, uh, I want to. Keep, keep wanting to call him Steve Martin. I don't know why. Yeah. all the Martins. There's too many Martins in this yeah, movie. I get um, it. But... Martin Short is walking with this kid and he's like, what's your IQ, son? And he's like, 180. He's like, oh, mine's 185. And then the kid goes, oh, I forgot. Mine's 195. And then Clifford goes, oh, I forgot. Mine's almost 200. And no. look. And that was one that our brother Dan quoted was no. mine's almost 200. And I laughed. So I had to put that one down. That's it's a good a- one.
0: What's another one for you? Okay. So then we pan <clears throat> to... Um the plane (laughs) and clifford is the 10 year old boy in the middle seat on the plane and he's got his dinosaur named stefan who's a brachiosaurus who he is flinging up and down on the tray table (laughs) of the seat of the person in front of him and she turns around and snatches the dinosaur and says would you please stop hitting the back of my seat i'm trying to sleep and he says I'm sorry, Miss Nice Older Person. Perhaps you were having a nightmare about your early days in the circus. (laughs) (laughs) We, we quote that all. And then she's like, one more word out of you. And I'm calling the flight attendant. And then she slams the dinosaur on his tray table. And he's like, wasn't nice of that woman to smash your collarbone, was it, (laughs) Stefan? The way he talks to Stefan, his
1: dinosaur, cracked yeah. me up so much throughout yeah. the movie. Uh, just the tone and what he was implying. And it's just as awful, but so funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's one of yours? So one of the ones I love is actually Mary Steenburgen's quote. And it's one that our mom will say. <laughs> and it's when... So Uncle Martin has picked her up from work because they work in the same place and he's like I've got a huge surprise for you and he has driven her she's not allowed to open her eyes he's driven her convertible and he gets out of the car and he stands in front of this house that he has purchased for them and he's like you know surprise and she gets upset seeing the house because it's on the edge of a cliff it has one bedroom it's very clear that he has no idea for children he's like what are you talking about this would be a great house for children I love children she's like oh yeah well where are the children honey oh they're just out playing by the cliff (laughs) (laughs) of it about this whole house is like a big red flag and i just love the where are the children oh they're just all playing on the cliff and she's so upset and it just makes me happy and our mom and our sister jm
0: quote that one a lot it's a good one that one's funny uh another one that i've got is um so it's back it's still on the plane because there are moments on the plane (laughs) that i just was cackling so one of them is so clifford's like like waking up his father in the most annoying way and his father is like what do you want and he's like when we stop in LA can we go to dinosaur world right away and he's like I keep telling you how many times I have to say this we're going straight to Honolulu this plane doesn't stop in LA he's like well how can it be pappy (laughs) how can what be (laughs) he's like well on my birthday of all days I can't go to the one place I want to go and his dad's like don't you start with me don't you start with me? Your birthday was six months ago, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just slowly driven to insanity, and it's so good. And apparently, in the scenes with the father, they're not in very long. The mom and the dad no, are in the movie no. long, but uh, Richard Kind is uh, who the actor is, and I guess Martin Short just kept making him break he just couldn't hold it together and eventually there was like one look that martin short kept doing and richard kind would lose it and eventually the director had to be like martin you have to stop doing that look he's gonna crack again you can't do it don't do it we keep on having to cut it and richard kind just couldn't not laugh at everything martin short was doing he thought it was so funny so anyway i really like that little bit of trivia okay Lisa, what's one of yours one that we said a lot so this is fast
1: forwarding quite a bit but it's after uncle martin has been arrested he's sitting in the police station and he's sitting there and the police officers are questioning him and he's he suddenly goes i know what you're trying to do here you're trying to to get a confession of me by grilling me under these hot lights and the police officers go oh sorry and they turn them off and then he sits there and he goes well now i now I can't see anything. <laughs> so then they start turning them on but differently. He's like, well, that's uh Is this listen, I don't want to I don't want to get distracted about the lights. Let's not talk about the lights. I don't <laughs> want just... to get into
0: the lighting. But it just And so mine. then the cops
1: then go back into it. But it's just this great pause when and then he just says, the way he
0: says, Well now know, I can't, now see, I can't anything. see anything. We would kill ourselves laughing. We would die. The the follow-up after that interrogation when (laughs) uncle martin finally is alone with clifford he is he's they're talking it out he's gonna lose it on him and he's telling him he's gonna write an apology letter and everything and he talks about but if you just look at me the wrong way you're on a plane back to your parents and he's like he's like you're doing it you're doing it right now you're doing it right now would you just look at me like a boy like a human boy and then there's like martin short Keeps like he turns his head one way with one look, and then and then turns it another way for another look, and he keeps trying to look like nonchalant and casual. Uncle Martin's just like, you can't do it for more than a few seconds, can you? Would you look at me like a normal human boy? (laughs) We (sighs) quote that all the
1: time. Our mom says that to me all the time. (laughs) Look at me like a normal human boy.
0: (laughs) He's like, like, you you can't can't do it it for more than a (laughs) second. Oh, it's so good.
1: In that same scene, when he's telling Martin, so my next one, where he's telling uh, Martin Short the caveats of like you're gonna do this, you're gonna write your apology letter, and one of the things he says is, "And you're going to tell Sarah that you and I are best friends." And Martin Short goes, "We are, aren't we?" And he's like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about that delivery oh. of what he's like. And you're gonna tell her that we're best friends, and the sincerity in Martin Short's voice. And he's like, "We are, though, aren't we?" And he just goes,
0: "Shut up." It's so good. It's so it makes funny me happy. because it's so um. Mm-hmm. It's. It's just a perfect moment where Martin Short's character Clifford just doesn't have any understanding of anything, and he's like, "No, he really thinks we are, aren't we?" It's like, "Shut up!" And he's like, "You just <laughs> called in a fucking bomb threat on the guy, you know you're not best friends." And Charles Grodin is so done; like, he's so yes, anyway, he's so done so, at that point. He can't so believe he's done. stuck with this kid, and he just is. Yeah, yeah. he's at yeah. his end, and yeah. it's
1: not even the end of the movie. Oh, what's your next one? Do you I have mean, another one.
0: Do you want to do... What do you want to do? I just feel like... Yeah, okay, so then I feel like I got to talk about the scene where the name of the episode so so in the scene that we mentioned where sarah and martin are walking and clifford is fooling around on the furniture at the office behind them those two are having a conversation where mr ellis wears a, a wig and and uncle martin calls it a rug and then ellis comes around the corner and they're all like hi hello good how, good day sir whatever and then clifford's like my that's the bestest looking wig i've ever seen and then and uncle martin's like no no that's not a wig it's not a wig and he's like you said it was a wig no I didn't say it was a wig you called it a rug too and he's like no I didn't call it a rug I didn't do that and so that's an awkward terrible and so scene. so funny and then he takes him home and he's like you cannot go around telling people that they've got nice wigs and he's like well, but I said it was the bestest looking wig I ever saw. It was a compliment. People don't make it as a, take it as a compliment. And why are you an expert on wigs? And he's like, our teacher wears a wig, and he lets <laughs> us play with it at recess, frisbee. And he's like, the teacher lets you play with his wig. And he's like, yes. Anyway, and then he's it's it's an interaction that shows the weirdness of the character and how uncomfortable it is. And then when he <laughs> says. I didn't, Uncle Martin. I said, bestest looking wig. I believe there is a difference. (laughs) (laughs) It's the culmination of that whole
1: scene. And it's, again, the delivery of Martin Short. And that was probably our most sad line. That's it. And
0: the human boy.
1: That's the human boy and the wig are the two biggest ones that we got back. The only other one I thought that I lost it at and I'd forgotten about is the finale. Just know that Martin Short is in peril. And his uncle is standing nearby and he starts going, Uncle Martin, he means it. Uncle Martin, save me. And Uncle Martin doesn't do anything for us. He and he's like, Uncle Martin. And he's like, I'm thinking it over. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually started to
0: laugh. <laughs>
1: Love the boss. I'm thinking
0: it over because it's a serious. Because then he talks about how he talks about how he's like, what if you got your hands on plutonium? Like, like, what if I, I could sa- be saving the world by not saving you? Basically, <laughs> is what
1: he's thinking. Oh, and it's awful,
0: uh, but you kind of
1: get where he's coming. Oh god,
0: yeah, it's definitely a. You're torn for sure. Would I save 100? Would I save that yeah, child? that's a good question. Oh, man.
1: Anyway, all right. All right.
0: That's it, Lise.
1: That's our episode. Good Pauline. Thank you. Good, weird, random Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you all for listening to this episode thank you so much I hope you enjoyed it I'll be so curious if any of you recognize this movie or decide to watch it if you do we're on Instagram and Twitter please please let us know we're at Real Window send us a message that you either know this movie or you're going to watch it and tell us what you think or you can send us a nice long email to real.window at gmail.com and tell us in detail about this film we would love that so much much mm-hmm. um in the meantime we're actually going to be on hiatus for the next two weeks it's what? my fault this time not I Pauline's. Know. it's usually pauline's <laughs> how dare you like what three times come on but yes
0: usually it is high
1: usually it's because pauline's away and on vacation and that just shows that she has more of a social life uh, so <laughs> i finally have a social life this time i will be away at a friend's wedding and doing all kinds of other stuff. And so, uh, and then it's result, Thanksgiving. So, and then it's Thanksgiving. So, as a result, we just will not be recording for the next two weeks, basically. So, we will catch you after Canadian Thanksgiving. We understand some of our yes. listeners may not be experiencing it yet, um, but for us, it's happening. Uh, so, we'll catch you after that. Until then, have a wonderful, wonderful next couple of weeks. I hope you guys just ha- enjoy your fall and we will and catch in the you meantime, on time
0: watch clifford
1: watch (laughs) clifford and go back and listen to some of our older episodes we've got some really good ones gems if you have not listened to all of them there are some great ones back there go and listen to something you haven't listened to before uh they're they're pretty fun pauline what would be one you tell them to listen to not rocketeer damn it um
0: I'm stopping Um, you. That's obviously rock and tear. I mean, I feel like there's some, like, I mean, (laughs) it's coming up towards Halloween. If you want to watch our Ichabod Crane one, I think Mm -hmm. that one's pretty good, personally. Mm -hmm. Last year, I made Lisa watch Casper, which was terrible. It was, Um, but it makes for an entertaining episode because we just bitch the whole time. The whole time. That one's good. (laughs) Actually, one that's really good that's actually a good movie. And I was thinking about the other day and I was like, God, that movie's great. Is um, Sound of Music. Sound of Music. Yeah, that
1: episode was good. That was a good one. And.
0: Midnight Run if you are in the mood for some Charles Grodin I gotta say and you don't want to watch Clifford or maybe you want to watch Clifford and it puts you in the mood for Charles Grodin Midnight Run the 1988 Charles Grodin uh Robert De Niro buddy buddy movie is mm. hilarious yeah it yeah you so check that shit out good. everyone it's Lisa good. what's one of yours <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna go with one of Lisa's more random ones we're gonna do uh the many adventures of Robin Hood and uh the, the, errol Hood, one, the errol flynn one the old 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 school because it's a fascinating episode because you already know that i'm invested Pauline's investment is a surprise and it's it delightful is. to listen to her talk about it so that, that obscure fluently, Fluently that is one of my absolute favorites it's an older one I would also say the three men and a baby episode is oh. classic it's pretty yeah. classic it's pretty mm-hmm. fun um, but anyways check any of those out or any of the ones that you want to out or don't listen to us at all that's fine just come on back when we've got our new episodes then and we'll talk to you then uh, otherwise we'll catch you on the flip side everyone <laughs>